I'm going to start because I think I'm the oldest person in the room. Nope. <laughs> um, but I have a kid. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I may be someone's future self because someone out there is my future self. I see them all the time. Um, you know, I have a, almost a 15-year-old kid, and uh, you know, I was forced to figure out how to develop a practice. Practice. I hate that word. Because practice is ballet, dance, I'm sorry, that's harder than making art, but... Um, Maybe like creative practice. Right? Yeah, like, like you, so what focus. Are, so step one, what, do you, what material are you going to use? Like, to me, that's like, that was step one. What are you going to use? Step two, how are you going to use it? Where are you going to use it? Step And then step three, step four, step five, all that stuff just comes. So I really feel like um, one of the things that helped me big time is what material I was going to use and where I was going to use it. So that helped me focus on um, my art practice because my practice has nothing to do with what I use or where I use it. It's what I'm trying to say. So. Um. Yeah, I totally missed that part. But. I just said, I just said, you know, basically like practicality in your life. Like if you're, you know, if you have to like support your family or you have to pay like massive bills, you know, I feel like that helps you um, process of elimination. You know, I couldn't use oil paints because I was breastfeeding. <laughs> You know, I couldn't use oils, paints because they were toxic, the smells, whatever. So I went back to my ballpoint pen. I went to collage, which I fucking hated big time, but I made it work. Um, I made it work because working large is important. So, you know, compromise with materials is a really, is a realistic way to approach um, structure. And then like, where are you gonna do it? You know, you're limited by your size because if you can't get out the door, for me, I can't make it. So as long as I can get it out the door, you know, that's as large as I can go, that sort of thing, because I like working really big. So I make paper murals. I just buy rolls of paper and I double them up and... So like accessibility, you know? Totally. Like, but that's, you know, structures... Well, I think that like also, you know, there's maybe a lot of people like, oh, I want to work really big, you know, but like they don't have the space. So then what they end up doing is like not doing anything at all. Which is so sad because there's so much, like murals are so big yeah, right now. Yeah, but maybe there's like, something there like psychologically you know like one of the first hurdles maybe to get over is i don't know like thinking about like what can you manage you know like we all have like these like aspirations and want these big studios or like these crews or staff but, like maybe in the meantime like what are the how can i get to where i want to go now maybe alex is a good person to hear from because i know if we've been working with each other and, and like i've been trying to help you know, give him my advice in this practice but how's that been going like being able to use ali or you know do things maybe you haven't thought of i'm used to kind of this workflow that's just you wake up and then you just like do this shit and it's done and you just do it but um i kind of realized like there's something to like having ideas flushed out and I would see people's ideas like 
that seemed like it was like super easy, but they had like refinement and had like thought about this thing for a while. So now switching the approach to something that's like you have to plan it out, it's been very difficult. But I've been working with people that can like, that have like experience with that, but it's still like a steep learning curve because I still want to like have my authentic and the, the flow that I'm used to, but like I want to evolve it into something that's like, you really just like plan it out and you know what you're going for. Because I'm telling you, usually I just like sit down, do it and it's done, but it doesn't hit the same. It, it's not hitting how it used to, so. Mm -hmm. I'm excited, but it's definitely just been something like, that's been like really challenging at the same time, so. Um, just reflection and maybe like, I guess I've been journaling, journaling a lot more, which helps. I like that you, you mentioned materials, right? And like maybe knowing what materials you want to use or at least like having them at your disposal. You know, I'll just comment back to Alex. Like when we started working with each other, it seemed like maybe you had to hit a point where you weren't able to get past. And I know now that you're working with Silkscreen, you know, and it was funny like getting your text or the image and you're like, oh, I'm gonna switch up the inks, you know? Cause like in your brain, you're like, yeah, one day I'll just silk screen. And then like you do it and you're like, fuck. Yeah, this didn't come out how I wanted it to come out. That's the thing. Cause I'm so used to just like, oh, you do it and it's done. But like certain things, like different uh, methods, like they require like different variables to be a check. And I'm not used to that. So now I'm just like, yeah. it's, it's adding up like, in terms Execution, of like cost, right? Yeah, like or experimentation. I think that's like important. If I just like throw something in the ring, you know, if anyone is in your predicament and just to save on cost, because sometimes it actually bounces out. The Art Students League is probably one of the um, best places to kind of even keel your process because the Art Students League is not so much a college or anything like that, but it like gives you the facilities and it kind of guides you on how to, you know, and it's like only a few weeks, you know, and I'm in Jackson Pollock, but I mean like so many people went there, um, but it's like non-pretentious and what have you, but it's a good place, and, and sometimes you get like studio time there, like you just like show up and- Can you send it in the chat? Yeah, Please. sure, 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 for sure. Yeah. But, and, and um, yeah, but like especially for, but then, you know, Powerhouse Arts, which you are, you know, they're, those are master oh, yeah. <laughs> silk so screen printers. We, we actually- $400 are, a color or more. <laughs> that's like, a, you should know about this and it's yeah. really exciting for everyone. Um, we're gonna donate a bunch of silk screening equipment that we had given to us from Urs Fisher to the Powerhouse and they are gonna set up a, open community silk screening studio so you guys will be able to like make an appointment and use the facilities there. It's pretty cool. Like a lot of the equipment is very extensive so something to look forward to. And Red Hook is so desolate that you will not be distracted. I mean and the bars are too expensive so. <laughs> but yeah back to the topic like I'd love to hear from you guys like I don't know there was some girl here that you guys remember that at the end of the meeting she was saying something that was like she calls it avocados or Hawaii you sushi. Sushi. Yeah. What was oh, that yeah, about? That was crazy. It was saying like it was. I think it was her way of like not viewing anything as too precious. Yeah. Mm. Sushi later. Yeah. Let's get a sushi yeah, later. Sushi and I, it was about auditioning for for uh, was Broadway plays right? Plays. 
Yeah. Can you beat me like that? Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I'd love to hear about like little nuances and things that like we all have that maybe help us sort of keep trucking. I could do that. Um, I feel like for me, because I do a lot of painting, oil painting, related to my father's heritage of being from Afghanistan and like growing up in the Soviet invasion of 79. Um, because it's like a very deep topic to like, to him, but also like it, it focuses on death and like kind of like survival. I, um, I found it that like whenever I would listen to like music, that would be the opposite of what I'm trying to convey. It helped me get further along in the, in the theme. Like whether it's talking about him digging up a mass grave site to find his brother, but then I'm listening to like this like, um, this like happy-go-lucky music, like it's so fucked up to say, but like it pushes me to like keep on painting, like persevere in what I'm trying to do. And it goes to like the compromise of like, like I'm using paint that's like toxic to myself, uh, even though I have like a good ventilation, but it's like the compromise of the, the material versus the theme, you know, like what I'm trying to like show in a, in a in a sense to the, like a larger audience versus like what it means to me, I guess. Music, yeah. music has played a big part. Yeah, yeah. That's why like I always have these around, like, <laughs> and like every every photo of me is like always like this. Like people from like Toronto are always like. If I don't have these headphones, like, am I like really me? Good. <laughs> um, That's awesome. But it's yeah, like music really plays a big part in me, in my creation, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so I um, mentioned this topic in the group chat because I am in this phase where like I'm two years out of college. I've had all my focus on making music. So for me, like music does help me make music, but. Um, and it's such a simplistic thing to get around. So I feel, I almost feel like silly for bringing it up. But like I have a job that takes a lot of my energy away. And now that I don't have that pressing from professors, like I'm only making music when I'm in like emotional anguish. Because mm -hmm. that's when I give myself enough time. That's when I like ask for days off from work. And like, or that's when I just like can not give a fuck enough about something in order to make time. And I would love to be able to make my practice with my art a little bit more healthy, mm. and a little bit more productive, because I know I have creative ideas consistently. I would hate to just have to only be practicing them when I'm feeling super low. And maybe that's just, maybe that's just it, but like, I don't know. I used to pick fights with um, my partner because that used to inspire me to get into the studio. And I realized that later on in our relationship, I was like, holy shit, I'm picking fights with you because you're making me so happy I'm not working. So I would fight with him to be like, goodbye, I need to get out of here. And uh, yeah. But does then, it, yeah. Does everyone here feel like they make better work when they're sad? 
don't say sad, I say angry. Uh, not sad. Like, it's definitely, like yeah, that, that's, like that's where you're like coming from. Practice. I'm not doing that. But I will say where I write, I write all the time. I'm constantly writing. Um, like, I feel like the most important part of being an artist is maybe not doing the actual thing that you're going to be doing every day, but doing just, a, especially with music, because to make a full song, especially in terms of, I studied audio engineering, so for me to make a full song is for me to record it, have mixed it, and for it to be done. And for that to happen, that, like, if I'm really dedicated to the song, it could take three days or it could take three weeks, depending on what I put into it, depending on what instruments I put into it. So, um, for me, what I'm just looking for is like, I'm look, just looking for like, I guess, energy reserve. Like, how do I reach that ener energy reserve? Like, I, I do love being creative. Like, it's what, it's why I'm in New York City. It's why I'm here. It's why I decided, even though everyone was like, don't, music is a weird thing to pursue. Don't do that. <laughs> it's why I continue to do it, but now that I'm, like, I've been supporting myself for years, it's getting harder to have a consistent practice where I'm not only writing every day, but I'm at least recording or making some concrete steps towards a discography on a regular basis, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like it really just comes back to the title of this meeting, it's like, it's a ritual, right? We have to create our own rituals. Like, for instance, this summer I didn't have a lot of work. I'm a freelance animator. Um, and so, I, and I am the kind of person who needs structure in my life, who needs stuff to do. So I was like, okay, every morning I'm going to take my dog for a walk, I'm gonna get coffee, and then I'm gonna animate for two to four hours. Um, and I learned a lot of skills. You know, I wasn't making things that uh, came from emotion, because like, because I didn't have much going on in my life. I was like, I don't have feelings, I just want to find a job, you know? Um, but I was like, okay, today, I'm gonna learn how to rig using this program. I'm gonna learn how to do visual effects using this program. And I looked at it as a skill that I was learning versus like trying to express something. Because then eventually, when I have something I need to express, now I have a toolbox that I can use and I, I have a structure for how I can get that across. Um, but I think it really does come down to discipline and structuring yourself. And it's the same as like eating healthy, drinking water, going to the gym. Um, it's about like creating the structure so that you can have the most, um, you have a place to put those emotions eventually. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. my take. Yes. I'd say also like, like goal, goal management. You know, sometimes I think like think about like the most like uncreative system that like works and and like maybe apply that in some way to like what it is you're doing. One of the things um, I used to find helpful was like, just use like text editor or whatever in my computer and I would like break up this sounds like really crazy, but, like break up the year into like quarters yeah. and then think about like what are my quarterly goals? You're like, oh I wanna finish like this body of work by like spring okay so and then i would use this other weird app that i got really addicted to called clear i don't know if this is years ago but it basically you can like create tasks it's like the reminders app on your phone i liked it because every time i clicked something 
or swipe like I finished it, it would like make a sound. And if I like swiped other things that I finished, it like became this crescendo. So I like got this weird like, yeah, I did it. Like, Mario, like when Mario becomes like a big mushroom guy. Um, and so, and you could, I would, it would, I would have like fields. It would be like painting, you know. And then it'd be like school, and it'd be like personal, and like each one would have like all these little tasks, building up to like those larger goals that I would have set in the the text editor like I mean there's tools like notion or you know there's like a lot of this was like 2007 so like the things that are available now much better um, but yeah like taking maybe like a business or like product management like approach to something creatively sometimes can help it might feel like a job but I've always found that when you organize things in a way like that makes it much easier to be creative because you just know like I have this period of time where I'm gonna like go into this. Yeah. I also to the point. Sorry, I just want to say when you said like it might feel like a job, I think if you want to make your creative work your job, then when it's not the thing that's funding your life, like you have to learn how to structure it with the hope that one day it will be funding your life. Like you have to get to know it as a job. Um, if you just want it to be a hobby, like that's a different story, but if, if you want it to be your job, like learn how to make that happen first. I also think it has to do with like, I had a friend uh, who said this to me that like, he, he views his art as a, a lifetime thing. And so I think like being in, you know, the whatever age you are in your artist career, it's like understanding that like, this might not be the most fruitful time in your artist career. This might be like those stepping stones, those building blocks, the putting the things in the tool shed. Um, you know, I think it's the combination of like discipline and also noticing that like, it's going to continually happen all the time. So it's like you might be creating your best work when you're sad, but like the day to day, you can still be creating work. And I think that I go back to this all the time. I've mentioned it in here a few times, but having other things that aren't necessarily your main creative driver is so helpful to me. Not only with just having like a lack of preciousness for, you know, making it my whole identity, but also just like giving way to like having other things to be inspired by. Because I find like going into different things directly channels into like the main thing that I'm doing at any given time. But I think like understanding that your life as an artist, like you kind of were blessed and burdened with the idea that it's gonna last forever. So I think just being graceful with yourself and that you're, you're doing it for a long time. It's helpful to me. We were talking about that yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just long-term multitasking. How, like, um, so many artists that can talk about it. First time I heard about it was from, like, Colin Dillon, Kid Super. He says, like, I get bored at this. So I go to a painting. I get bored at this. And I go to this design here. And I go to this. And then by the end of the night, it's like, he has, like, 20 different things almost done or done. And then... Also, I think like a cool practice is kind of off that, like is like leaving something like nine tenths of the way done, going to sleep and then waking up. So you know I'm gonna do that tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. And it's like such a, like a, you starting the morning off with like a win. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, just back to like long-term multitasking. I think it's a really, really <coughs> cool thing for artists to do. I know Darwin released like three or four of his main papers all at the same time. And that's because he's been working on them for like 10 years, um, all of them, so just 
I mean, long term, going back to rituals, you know, and healthy making, I think lifestyle choices are super, super, super important. How you eat, how you sleep. How, I mean, sleep is, forget about sleeping. But like how you, you know, like how you socialize, you know, and how, how you eat. Like I started CKO, kickboxing, kickboxing gym, like since January, and it's so awesome. <laughs> And I'm like fighting for like an hour. And it's been so balancing, like, you know. I used to avoid my studio when I was upset because to me, my studio, I create, you know, I'm a, I'm a romantic. So like my studio was like this whole relationship that had nothing to do with anybody. And if I was in bad mood, I wouldn't go into the studio because I didn't want to bring that into it, you know. I read this, I was reading this Phil Knight book, the guy who made Nike, and there was like one thing that stuck out to me, which it, and I can, this is like the best advice I can give you is, is fail fast. Mm -hmm. Like, so real, you know? Um, I know painters who work on the same painting three on three different canvases, you know, to just like be efficient, you know, like that's, and you, and, the, and it's like really systematic and you can you know like save your adobe photoshop files like you know autos just like weird shit like that you know because honestly like if i look back on my life like there's there's a good chunk of years you know that like i spent failing you know and i can't look back and regret it but you know the less time you spend like in that gray area the better you know and like just like something's not working like Find something else to put your energy into. Come back to it later. So, uh, something I've been thinking about since our meeting last week was like, if I'm stuck on a task and like I don't want to do something, like I just feel burnt out. I kind of ask myself now, like, do I feel more generative or like reflective? Hmm. And so, like, say I'm like working on a series, like I can either work on making a mock-up for a proposal for it. Or if I'm feeling reflective, I could go more into like the research aspect of it. So there's like different um, things you can do. So like I don't know, Jerry Seinfeld has a thing he says is like, "What can I do right now? Like I can get five minutes, maybe not be able to get an hour, but like five minutes every day is better than an hour once a week." Yeah. I feel like it's, sorry, like tapping into your own rhythms, like you were saying, like. I think for some people, the business mindset of the physical quarter, like that works. And then you, like we're talking about rituals, like it's a full moon in a few weeks, like maybe you're super energized then, or like, yeah. I know my vibe when that be like the dead of winter is very different in the summer. And yeah, like what you said, like the, what was it? Generative and reflective. Yeah, I feel like everyone's so different. So like figuring out your own like physical rhythm, like with your workouts and everything. And then like, yeah, it's a lifetime practice. It's not something that's just gonna apply to like painting. It's also gonna apply to like how you cook your food or anything mm -hmm. else like that. Yeah, it's like red, yellow, and green. Like I have to have the colors when I make dinner. Like it's the weirdest shit. Like it's like this dinner's not gonna be good unless there's like these three colors. I mean, I'm Italian, so it's like <laughs> macaroni and sauce and a vegetable, you know? Like, but, but um, shit, something you just said was so poignant, like, uh, sorry, get back to me. <laughs> I, I, Bill, I'm also wondering, is it like, is there also like a level of um, 
the result as well? Like, are you often like saying like you're not getting there because like you don't have the discography like building like on the daily basis or is it more along the lines of like you don't feel inspired to create every day? Mm. I was gonna say that. I think, that's a good question. I think like it, it feels like such a disservice to like calling myself an artist, but like sometimes I truly don't. I feel like working in the service industry just gets me to a point of physical exhaustion where I'll have three days a week where with my art, or like maybe two days a week, I'm super proactive. But um, like after work, I'm not, I'm not able to get there. And it's mostly because um, I haven't been able to find a balance of having a job where I can, because I'm, I, I'm an introvert that's, that is like extroverted in, um, in my interests. And so um, I feel like I'm spending a lot of myself at my job all the time. So if there's a way for me to not worry about my income and um, still be able to have time for myself, I think that's where I most deeply struggle, which I think a lot of us deeply struggle with. Um, and actually hearing all of this has been extremely helpful. Just down to like, it could be like moon cycles. It could be like going from reflective to like, am I creating at this moment? Um, like nothing is quite the right answer, but I don't know. I just feel like this is a this is a topic that I could do ten times over and learn something new every single time. I think um, a little bit of the elephant in the living room is that. Um, creative output versus career strategy, you know? And um, so we're talking about healthy and unhealthy, like having the notion of the career or how your work fits into the conversation can be both enabling or stultifying. Um, I would always tell my students, you know, if you're stuck, go look at art. I think, you know, there's this other part of it. It's not just about you and your output in the studio. Like, it's about, like, what, I mean, and maybe I'm just, you know, come from an older perspective, but for me, it's like, what is the larger conversation? What's going on in culture at large? What are other artists saying? Does this conversation um, push me to elucidate where I want to go. I know for me, like, I have multiple practices. So there's my, like, kind of extemporaneous thing where I can go in and just use all the shit I've collected to do bricolage or collage or whatever. Um, and then there are the really formal installation um, pieces that I don't have the opportunity to do because it takes interfacing with the system and being financially supported to do that and being brought into the conversation within the institutions in the system. However, I have in the past done things like say, and this comes back to the greater conversation like career or whatever that means because there are so many different notions of career. There's not just the art world. You could be on Etsy and that's your freaking career, you know? Um, but just that, um, but I would find, you know, it's like, fine, fuck you. The system's not going to let me do these pieces. 
I want to do these pieces. This is what I want to do. I want to be this installation artist. Let me hook up with Spring Break. Or, you know, there was a thing on Canal Street. And I, you know, I wasn't wild about their model afterwards because I was like, damn, is this about art washing? But because there was a real estate factor and I sort of didn't have any awareness of what art washing was when I interfaced with them. But you know, I went and I had my art savings and I spent everything, I produced a whole show. The only time I've ever done that outside of the studio, like it was all um, manufactured. I did this whole thing, I tapped someone to do PR. I mean, it was an experiment that backfired because at the end of the day, if you're not in the system, you don't get the mileage, unfortunately. But you know what, I made these pieces and that's what inspired me. You know, I don't wanna just, and it's hard for me now, because I don't want to just kind of, oh, go back to the studio and make shit. Because that hasn't gone anywhere for me, you know? And is that just like, you know, this is the question I'm on, like, is, like where is that going? You know, I show that stuff to people and they're like, whatever. And it's a, it's a really hard art world today. You know, the expectations are really big. And there are people who, you know, it's, it's rife with professionalism and, um, commodification and expectations that artists have a tremendous amount of skill and put in their pound of flesh and sit there with the brush for hours on end. Um, it's more challenging for the world of ideas, but you know, I went and did this shit. Whether or not I have a career today, I guess I can turn around and say, this is what I really wanted to accomplish in my work. You know, I, I can interface with situations outside of the mainstream and make these pieces happen, you know? And use materials that aren't expensive or precious, which, you know, puts you outside of the commodification conversation. It's a tough one. But um, the other thing that I wanted to say was, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the big challenge is like your day job or like intense life issues. like getting in the way of your creative brain. You know, that's super challenging for everybody. And I think that's where that whole discipline conversation comes in. Like, do you just show up, suit up, and do the shit anyways? Because once you're in the process, you can get over that hump. So those are the few things I had to contribute. I feel like what you were saying about how happy music allows you to go so much deeper into the darkness is kind of the same conversation about how really diving into discipline is what allows you to really tap into creativity because mm -hmm. you kind of like need you need to tell yourself always because if you just dive into one you're like there's no more meaning anymore so like finding that discipline yeah allegedly i think i'll find it someday <laughs> well, yeah. um, let's you really d dive into your creativity and i'm sure like maybe a lot of us have read the book the artist's way but I'm so in love with the idea that he was saying that he's like every day at 9 a.m. I get up and I write and he was saying that the reason for doing that is it's almost like a, a sacrifice that uh, like a, a self-will or discipline that like when you sacrifice your ability to choose to do whatever you want when you like sit down at your desk and like do your work you're like appealing to the muses mm -hmm. and because the muses know that every day at 9 a.m. you're gonna be at your desk 
they're gonna know where to find you, <laughs> and then they're gonna come whisper the ideas into your Aww. ear, you know, like that kind of thing. So okay, narcissism. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> I know about the artist way. I haven't read it, but one of the things that we were saying, or I mentioned earlier, was like exercises, right? Like your therapist or psychiatrist, they tell you like write your write down your dreams. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of maybe the the healthier ways, like when you're thinking about like day jobs or things like that, is like when I was saying failing fast, like may be efficient. You know, I, I really like coming back to this. I don't know if this really happened, but I saw a man on the moon. Andy Kaufman, <laughs> and, oh, and there's like that one scene where he's like working at the diner, and the guy, his agent's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I don't know you." He's like, "You're like Andy Kaufman." He's like, "No, I'm not." You know, like, and he gets to do that because he like is a famous comedian, and like, yeah, he can go and work at a diner and stick. But at the same time, I like to think about it as like find something in that, you know, find something like use that experience in some way to teach you or like inspire you. In, in in your creative practice and so even like games you're like we could play a game in the group chat I used to play this with friends where like you would find a ready-made you know like you'd go on the west side highway and see like all the old peers and take a photo and be like sculpture that's my sculpture you know like and like that's a one way of just like starting to see the world in another another way, another way you know so like your job has become your job it's just like that place you're thinking about art in a different perspective and um it, it's tough you know like I I'll just be really transparent here, like just doing like the tech stuff, you know, is, is a lot of fun that's become my practice and until it makes money, like I have to look other ways for revenue, you know, like I do this thing pro bono and it's so much fun, like if this thing made money it would be amazing because like <laughs> I would get all my creative inspiration and I could like put it into that and and so like even like you know i've thought about like where do i get a job like i took this corporate job that just like wasn't the vibe like mm -hmm. and i needed to see that you know and, I, and like yeah i was able to do it creatively but like i didn't have a business degree like it just it didn't work um so i've thought about like you know like one of the things i thought about doing is like oh, i could go to cooper union and teach you know like that is a place that i could exchange the things that i know and probably get like a really fulfilling experience out of it and use that in what it is, what it is I'm doing. So like, yeah, I know that maybe a lot of the jobs like are catered towards like service industry and there's like, there's ways that you can still use that. Even like if you have that job, maybe try to think about landing somewhere else that could like, you know, so that that opportunity is open. I think there's like always. That's it. Yeah. Go ahead, Will. Uh, yeah, I, I totally resonate with all that you said. Um, I read Shudok a little while ago. Now, for anyone who wants to learn more about discipline, like that's something, it's a good book. I think running is a good way to do it. Um, I, I see my practice evolving in, around efficiency, and like it's necessary for me to be efficient, for me to actually focus on my practice, and that efficiency applies to uh, getting to work on time so I feel good about going to the day job and pay my bills. I feel like I'm doing my part enough so that I can go home and care about something else. Efficiency to the point that I like make meals, it kind of goes into detail, but like make meals so that I don't have to pay for lunch or other things and I'm just more cost efficient so that when I get an opportunity like to leave, I got to visit Robin Winters at his place up in the Catskills and I like got to take off work and go do that because I haven't been like spending my money purposely. Like, like that discipline, um, but also a big part, that I don't know if anyone said, but cutting out distraction, like really taking 
um, notice to what's distracting, what's distracting, and removing that. I think Instagram is a big part of that. But then shape shifting it into a tool and trying to utilize it more as a tool to like inform my practice, inform my day to life, you know, daily life, and have more positive impact. It just helps me like all around as a person function. Uh, but that's like a that, but that is a constant practice. And I, I've said it before in here like. Art is always a, a practice, and right now my art is my hobby more than my business, my work. So, you know, it, it, I, I have to be okay with letting that practice take its time. I, uh, I think going back on like failure and discipline, but also <laughs> tying into rituals. I remember I was like writing this grant, and I was like failing miserably at like a painting. So I messaged my like mentor and, and I was like, oh, like this and that. And like, do you have like any advice that I could like put towards like this grant that I'm trying to get for this series? And he's like, yeah, like, he's like, be, do, and then read in that order. And I was like, like, uh, why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> like, and like, Ever since then, I've been using that phrase in my rituals, like throughout my paintings. I was like, like I was like being my day-to-day -day self, like doing my research and all that. And then I would do my paintings, and then I would like look at the painting when I'm done and like figure out like what it's about. Like I would just let it flow, and then when I'm done, I just see everything that like I've researched, that I've read about, like all like right there. And, and it really helped me cut down like distractions too and like get like a good discipline in order for any future paintings or any future opportunities that arose. Mm -hmm. Mentorship. Mm -hmm. Mentorship is it's really cool. important. One. That's a, it I feel like that's a hard one though. Because I feel like we all want mentors, but like yeah. I mean like that's such a difficult thing to like I've reached out to multiple people and like so many of the people that we look up to once they're mentors realistically they're busy as hell yeah. <laughs> like and and you know so I don't know maybe the question is where anyone who has positive mentors here like, where do you guys find your mentors it's funny I found my mentor at my old art uh, supply job mm -hmm. like I was like like it was my first week and like he like walked in he asked me about brushes and I was like so excited to be there. I was like, yeah, like, you know, we got these brights and flats and like, oh, do you know about Philberts? And uh, he was like, he was like so like his eyes like, like this was like back during COVID, like his eyes were like, like were like wide and we just struck up this conversation. And then like fast forward like a few years of our friendship, I'm like, it's me and like, our friend group and then him and then Glenn Ligon and we're just talking about these some shit and he's like and I'm I was like talking his name's Steven. I was talking with Steven, I'm like, can you believe like we we struck up this like mentorship and friendship just off of like pure like compatibility. Like just like genuine like like likeness for each other's art, for each other's like energy and I feel like it's just like I feel like it's random at most times. Like the 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 mentors that stick with you are just like the random is encounters. Mm -hmm. But it's like it like it pays off at the end. So also, say, we, we usually, oh yeah. Also kind of I feel like opportunities are always 
like on the ground and we have to like be connected to ourselves and to the reality when we see something that we want like I feel like being enthusiastic about it and like showing I really want I will do the work and I will do so good and be consistent and have no egos about it like I had a mentor for a year um, I met him and I felt so inspired by what, what he's doing. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to do exactly what you do, but with films. Just like, not with uh, making money, with making films. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, maybe you can teach me. And then he's like, yeah, sure, take my email, write me, like, write me something. So I wrote him, but I wrote him every month. And then he answered me on the fourth month. He's like, come, come to London, let's like do it. He gave me the HR, we started, and then he literally built like, I built myself an internship because I didn't care about, oh, he's not answering me. I don't want to come off like annoying because I was so respectful. I was just like, you know. Persevered. I, what? You persevered. I don't know what they did. Like, <laughs> like you, you kept, kept on going. You were highly aggressive. Yeah. Professionally aggressive. Exactly. And I feel that's what people want around them. They want people that will do the job and will be passionate about it. I'm going to throw this out there quickly just because mentorship was such an amazing part of like my journey. If you guys like are running into stuff like that, like drop it in the group chat and we can email people from the organization like and link you with that. So no guarantees that it will work, but like we'll do like little mentorship, like matchmaking thing. One thing that I found super helpful with mentorship is to not expect, um, like I think initially when I started thinking about having a mentor, it needed to be someone who's so much farther along than me in order for them to like actually shell out things that I like quote unquote needed. And then I started meeting people in my day-to-day -day life that were maybe even at like the same level that I was in terms of like career prowess or whatever. And it was like, I don't need one mentor who's 10 years ahead of me in the career that I want to do. I need 500 mentors of people that are in my daily life helping me practice. Like I remember meeting Will for the first time and it was like the conversation was so it just felt so flowy and quick and it just was easy and I was like there's so much that I can learn from this kid mm -hmm. and it was like something that I was like he's basically the same age as me but it's like it didn't feel like he needed to be so much farther ahead it was just like what can I grab from him and not like a let me take it but like what can I learn just by being in that space and I feel like there's seven, 60 people in this room today and it's like each person of these can be your mentor for a super specific thing, you know what I mean? So I think we get it jaded because we're like, they gotta have 100,000 followers in a solo show and a this in order for us to learn anything from it, but it's like we're learning from our peers every single day, you know? I would say that I agree 100% with that. I was gonna say something along the same terms of it. I think we find we can find mentors in uh, anybody really depending on what we're looking for. I've been lucky enough to I've been in the right place at the right time with certain people. And it's like with school and a store, it's I've met uh, like average people that I would have never thought have these type of idea uh, like ideas or what I'm looking for because I feel like it is true we do look for people that like have a critical claim or status already for like, oh, I wanna be under his mentorship, but we have no idea what that person is like. 
yet the people around us may have the same type of knowledge they do, but they're right next to us and we have yet to acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. I think that's something very big and like with the issue with social media, because we see these people and we're like, oh, we know you. But in reality, we don't know them at all. We just know what they want us to know, like mm -hmm. as how they want to be perceived, because that's what they put out. And it's like, oh yeah, your work might be cool, but <clears throat> you might be like a terrible person. Mm -hmm. So it's like, these people around us are like very, can be very uh, talented in ways we have no clue of. And it's, I think that's very big. I think I look for mentors and people around me and like, cause they can provide such a help towards what I want to achieve. And it's mm -hmm. like, I don't, I don't want to take that for granted and realize, damn, that person was so far ahead and I had yet to acknowledge mm -hmm. that they put out this and that because I was so focused on the next person that was on social media miles away from where I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, it's wrong I wanted to go back a bit to it. Um, my conflict is that the way my mind gets inspired by stuff and like the way I get creative and actually start working is so impulsive. So if I'm if I'm like excited about a topic, I'll start making a project and I won't finish it until it's done. And it can be four hours, it can be three days that I'm awake, but once it's done, it's done and I'll never touch it again. So I wanted to ask people who have like long-term projects, like how do you think about an amazing idea, then go to a shift and then still think your idea was amazing and pick that up and continue on the third week, like with the same excitement. Because I've really been trying to do that, but but like I do it like really quickly and I, I really want to see something that I've worked a while on. I think it could be so much like, heavier and rounder. What is what is your process like? You work three days. How much do you make? Like how? Like what do you do? I'll make one piece. What do you do? Probably or like a collection of one four pieces. What do you do? I do mixed media. You do mixed media. So yeah. work like two dimensional. I'll paint and then I'll scan it and then I'll edit it on the computer. You can make video art off of it. I got something to say about this because I actually work the same way, and I think the best thing that I've done in my career so far was something where I was like doing like a mixed media artwork a day, maybe two a day. And then I, my intention was to like have a book at the end of it. Mm -hmm. So just like That's compiling all of those like worked really well, but it's still very hard even after the fact for me to like, you know, just like build something up. But now I'm getting into like other mixed media approaches that require like you know, like getting shit like manufactured a little bit or just like people who know like, you know, like screen printing. Like I don't do that like on my own. So like somebody makes a screen and then, but I can't just like, I tried just like slapping the screen on the canvas and just like doing it and it just looked trash. He's going through my version of a boot camp right now. Yeah. 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 You guys want that? I'll oh my God, next summer can we go to like do a sleepaway camp? Yeah, you probably know a place. <laughs> well, yeah, our, oh. we, I don't know if you remember, but like Alex went to Crit Club, we tore him apart, yeah. and now we're building him back up. It's working. So you know, I'm having a lot of fun. I don't know if you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, you see those bags under my eyes? Uh, but so wait, can, can I just back him up for a second? Because that was so amazing. And I reminded him that he just got here. 
Yeah. You know, and if you're if you're like pointing an arrow to a Gagosian logo, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world because he just got to New York. Yeah. So it no, I, I'm just I'm looking at from Don't the put outside in. Don't put any ideas in his head, though. <laughs> no, no, I. Uh, Damien, uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? Also, to answer, you know, like Damien Dash did a show, and and there was a sick, sick, sick jean jacket, and it was Gago and it said Gagosian on it. And it was a shark, and it had just like spikes all over it, and it was sick, and it was so beautiful. Like I would, I would have worn that. Where was that show? <laughs> Um, it was somewhere in Chinatown. It was, a, it was like a couple of years ago. Damien Dash. Were you really? Did you saw that jacket? I don't, I don't but, know. But it was like a ghost scene, you know what I'm saying? And it was just like you would have saw it as like, oh, he's just getting attention. But it was a good yes. attention grabber. But it's the way you do it. I just wanted to answer what you were saying too. Like, yeah. it's sometimes it's hard. You don't want to get so contriver, like, oh, I. If something takes like 15 minutes to make, like let it take 15 minutes. Like you can practice dragging it out, but like why, you know, like, and yeah, the book thing is a great idea. Like maybe what you could do is like, if you have this topic or you have this theme that you want to explore, explore it in as many iterations or pieces that, that it'll take, you know, like stick with that topic for three weeks. Yeah. And then you'll, what you'll come out with is like a body of work, right? And then how do you not like, if I get a topic, the world is so fast and dynamic. Today I'll probably think or find a topic that's even more interesting. And how do you like shut yourself up and say no? Yesterday I thought about this. This is gonna be the next three weeks. Nothing else. Happens. Yeah. Like, well, I I wanted to touch on. You just reminded me of something too. Like. What is it like the plasma or something in your brain when you're younger? You can like learn. No, no, yeah. yeah, like that's just it's fucking real. Yeah, you know, like you're you're all in like such an amazing time where all these ideas are just coming through you. Like write them down. You know, make a folder in your computer. Drag as many images that remind you of that. Come back to it a later day. And also like if if something is more is like you're gravitating towards something else. Like yeah, move it, move on to it. Like maybe it's a sign that like that top, whatever you were, it's it's not, it wasn't for you. Save it for another day and just like, you'll find something yeah. eventually that you're like, holy shit. Like yeah. this is what I want to be going I've got a big like, piece of paper on my studio wall. I write down like all the ideas I want to work on this year. And it keeps like getting added to it, but I write it's on a big piece of paper so I can find the connections between each of the ideas and organize that in a way to actually like have a, reasonable timeline to do them. Yeah. I mean, I have like seven works in progress since my son is born because I had to ship so strongly. And um, yeah, I mean, if someone decides to say, hey, I want to work with Linda Cerrone, you know, it's like, guess what? I got seven bodies of work. So I just keep working on my work. And wherever I have the space to do it, going back to material, space, and time, if I have the space and time to work on these oil paintings, because I don't want to stretch nothing for nobody. I'm like carrying all this shit with me. But like, then, you know, I work on those. So, I mean, material can be a little bit of um, a force and discipline. Like, I love to paint in oils, but I don't have time to paint in oils. So, if I'm gonna. Say I I really want to work in these this idea in oil painting, then I know I'm gonna buckle down and not have some no distractions because I live off of distractions, you know, and 
you know, and just, and I'm, I'm a recluse and everyone hates me and I'm the worst mom in the world and whatever, but that's what you gotta deal with. So material, personally, I just really think material is like one of the facets that like help you figure that shit out. Like dictate the beginning. Yeah, because if you work in like acrylic or like a material that you could travel with, then you know it's gonna be short term. It's really easy to produce. You know, if you if you you know you have it like maybe like dedicate like one sketchbook to this idea, one sketchbook to that idea. Like I have sketchbooks, I don't rip out any of my drawings. If someone wants a mural, they can scan through my sketchbooks and say I want that mural. That's how I work. It's not realistic. I'm not making a lot of money or any money really, but it's like my process and you know, process and being patient with it. I mean, no matter what, I always have work. If someone needs something, I always got something. So just, I would just say like if, cause I'm super like ADD all over the place. So if it's like, I work on this one day, I work on that the other day, it's fine. I mean, everyone is different. That's what art is. Don't you get tired sometimes <laughs> from like seeing 20 open projects and you get overwhelmed? It's overwhelming and I yeah. go nuts and that's when I like yeah. find a bar to hang out in and get really messed up and stupid. <laughs> We got time for one more. Yeah, you at least finish it. Like, I think they're all like scrambled working on a bunch of different things at once. And it's been so hard. That's, that's, I think that's amazing. That's the catch 22. Leave it. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that feeling. Rain check it. Like, Rain check it. Do you want to share something? The idea is done. Yeah. I think, I think, like, the larger thing out here is that it, and this is, I'm not saying this too from a place of, like, speaking down to you anyway. Like, I have yet to understand this for myself but starting to realize that like why would i work so much against my brain or against how you are naturally doing things mm -hmm. and rather putting my energy into learning how to like compensate Channeling. for my flaws so like i don't think i have an ounce of executive function in my <laughs> how am i organizing myself so that like i can be Dysfunctional in a way that's not right in my life, mm -hmm. or in a way that's not like those parts. Yeah, I'm going to emotional state as well. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was trying to download it. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, maybe your work is about multiple things all at once, and you find a strategy to utilize those. Like, why say, I have to fit this other mold. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, maybe you throw all this shit down on one big canvas and they're sort of half done things. Who says the model has to be all of these finite projects? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what she's saying. You know, yeah. work with whatever your, um, accept whatever your, whatever the directionality of your brain is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then find something to serve that. Like, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Instead of being the judge and saying, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think also watching TV for me is like helpful <laughs> because like I, I work and then I'm like, okay, let me go watch some TV. And then the longer I watch TV, the more I'm like, hmm, working, but I'm also just like taking shit in. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it just makes my brain have this thing where it's like, oh, it's nothing going on, but then there's something. Mm -hmm. but, Still watching TV, still on the couch. By the time I'm done, I'm like, okay, I'm not watching TV anymore. Let's get to work. So watching TV helps. 
All right, that's all we have for today. Thank, Thank you. you.